This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, December 8th, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And before I introduce the cast, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Christian Planner. The 2021 annual dated Christian Planner is made by Christians for Christians, designed for modern Christians to help keep you organized and Christ at the center of your life. It's available in three bindings in multiple colors. It's eco-friendly and made in the U.S. With the Christian Planner, you can walk in your faith throughout the year with space for journaling and sermon notes. And as a listener of The Relevant Podcast, you can also get a free sticker book for a limited time. Just add the sticker book to your cart and enter the code RELEVANT at checkout. Be sure to check out their amazing site-wide holiday deals and purchase your planner today at christianplanner.com. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Yo, what up? <laughs> <laughs> it, is, uh, it is the 8th of December, y'all. It's two weeks till Christmas. It's, it's, like, it's like it's the longest year ever, and then you get here and you're like, wait, we're done. Yeah, it makes no sense what's happening to this year. Literally, March lasted seven years. <laughs> yes, and the last month has lasted a day and a half. I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. It's but weird. Can, can I ask you guys something too? Is please do you guys? Are you, I don't know if you guys are big New Year's resolutions people, but this year it seems like this this is the one to go big. Like any resolutions you've been waiting on, what's what are you waiting on now? Like we we've already looked into the abyss, and you know we can decide to to put a new life forward. Are you guys New Year's resolutions people at all? I'm no. not, but I hear what you're saying. It's like anything's possible now. Like this this you're gonna you're gonna reach your goals this year, people. Yeah, yeah. I, I never have. I've never written them down. I've never been a goal person. And and I come from my dad was very much like goals and this and yeah. st- structure. Never once did it. Right, Jesse. This year I'm going to. Mm. I have. I 2021 is like I have plans for 2021. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I like. It's kind of like if not now, when? Like yeah. okay, let's just get this show. What's one, Cameron? Yeah. Well, a lot of them are like like business and okay. and, and, and like gr- personal growth things that I've been wanting to do. And it's just been like, wait a second, how many years have gone by that I've been wanting to do that thing or go to that thing or life be like this? Why don't I just go after it now? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, let's just do it. So yeah. I'm, I am I said to myself, I'm going to sit down with a planner and literally craft a plan for 2021, set specific goals and make a plan to accomplish them. Wow. So. I like doing it. Doing it this year. Doing yeah. it. Do you make do you do it, Jesse? Uh, not traditionally. I mean, I'll do like I'll do short stuff. You know, it's like all right for the next two weeks, I'm going to do this or that. But I've, I, I don't. I'm not a big uh, New Year's person. But I do feel like I got to come up with something this year. You know, like we're all <laughs> we all have our eye on January first. You know, it's I know the vaccines and all that will probably be a few months out before they're widely distributed. But at least we see the end of this whole mm-hmm. thing. You know, there's there's a new you know kind of uh, political atmosphere that that's good. You know, kind of 
materializing. There's, uh, you know, the vaccine. I feel like I got to do some sort of thing to just celebrate it, even if it's not like, hey, I'm going to, uh, you know, learn to juggle on a <laughs> unicycle this year. Though, as I say that, pretty rad yeah. resolution. That yeah. would be a thing, really good the one. The thing for me, the thing for me, like, I, you know, everybody has these big things they want to do. You know, I like I want to fast forward and, you know, have lot, you know, lost weight or this, or, or I want to have a big house or I want to have a new career or whatever. They just set these big, big destination dreams and they don't plot out a step-by-step crawl, walk, run way to accomplish them. You know what I mean? So it's almost like the dreams are overwhelming yeah. and you kind of give up, you know, like, I don't know if y'all have this, but like when I have like too much on my plate or too many projects to do around the house, it's almost like paralysis and I don't do anything. And then it just gets worse, you know, as opposed to just chipping away at it. Yeah, That's what I'm going to do differently this year is like, I'm going to set a plan week by week, month by month and just, We'll end up in a new destination. I mean, that's how they say you do it. That's how they say you do it is like everyone, like you just said, everyone has these big goals, but then it's the actual executing the small things uh, that gets us all caught up. I'm I'm very much a, if I have an idea, if I'm like, man, I need to change something. I try to do it like right now. Cause I know if, if for me, if I'm like, oh, well, I'll wait until January 2nd to start it, then it probably won't get started. Cause I won't, I won't be motivated enough to do it. So like, if I'm like, you know what, I'm going to stop doing this. or I'm going to start doing that. I'm like, let me do it now because I, I right. won't be motivated. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm wired that way too. That, yeah. that, you know, so, all right. Well, why'd you bring this up? Just, I was, I was just, I've been thinking about it. I think I need it. I think we need an editorial. I think we need an editorial question of the week this week that field some good new year's resolution stuff. Like, like some, to help us get started. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I like it. Yeah. Well, all right, well, you're, you see, you're doing the, uh, you're, you're starting at the end of the show, right? You're starting the show <laughs> at the end of the show. I like it. Uh, what's going to happen in between until mm. we get there. We have a great show in store for you on the show today. We have singer, Rapper, producer, Aloe Black on the show today. You can today. tell everybody. <laughs> you can tell yep. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Uh, Aloe That's not how already, he sounds. I'm, he's actually a lot better than that. But. <laughs> he's a lot, I, I didn't want to say it, Derek, but he is a lot better than that. Uh, he's gonna, uh, we also have slices. And instead of a normal feedback segment, uh, the question of the week from last week, we're, we're flipping it. And we're doing an Ask the Cast Anything segment. You guys have been sending in your questions, and I'm going to lob them to the team here at the end of the show. You don't want to miss that. So, All right. Well, stay tuned. Coming up next, it's Slices. But what if I, what if I trip? What if I, what if I fall? Then am I the monster? Just let me know. And what if I, what if I sin? What if I, what if I break? You're listening to Sean Mendez and Justin Bieber. The song is Monster. Look at us going hard pop. Just pop. Not, no apologies. Well, today's show is brought to you by Convoy of Hope, one of my favorite NGOs. Uh, life has changed the last several months. Businesses have shut their doors. Millions of people have lost their jobs. And no one really knows when life will return to normal. But often in the midst of despair, hope flourishes. And while the situation may feel bleak, hope is being delivered across the nation. Convoy of Hope is doing everything it can to help people during this crisis. Their team embarked on a mission to provide 10 million meals to people in desperate need. And to date, 
They've delivered more than 100 million meals <laughs> to those hardest hit by the pandemic. If you'd like to support their ongoing mission to deliver help to those who need it most, please visit convoyofhope.org slash relevant. Whether it's a share on social media, a prayer or a financial gift, they're grateful for any help you can send their way. It's a great organization. Go to learn more at convoyofhope.org slash relevant. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Well, uh, I have <laughs> a slice that comes to us uh, from our, I know someone, someone, I think we're all pretty big fans of, John Mulaney, the, the former oh, SNL head writer dude. turned stand-up, um, who is just one of the most naturally funny people, I think. He, who tells a better story than him? Exactly. <laughs> he is literally unbelievably funny yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and not only is a great story he, he his range is is incredible comedically because he can do kind of straight up storytelling he can do you know uh kind of stand him up knock him down you know set up punchline jokes that yeah, are, that he, wrote, he wrote for snl and he did a lot of uh weekend update yeah, yeah yeah exactly he can also do like character work you know he created a bunch of characters that you know sort of the improv geniuses at snl or took but uh one of, one of my favorite john mulaney things that i learned was you know the iconic stefan bill yeah. hater yeah stefan you know uh, the hottest club in new york is yeah. that character you know how he always broke. He always laughed right in the middle of it. And think about it. They've done rehearsals. They've done, they did, a, uh, they do a show before the show. I mean, Bill, Bill Hader's done this content all week long. Yeah. Why is he always laughing at it? I learned that John Mulaney wrote those. He wrote the Stefan segments and he, before the live broadcast, would go in and change them. He would change the Hottest <laughs> Club in New York as whatever. Yeah. And so Bill is reading it for the first time live. And he, that's why he always oh, was cracking that. up. Because yeah. John great. was messing with them. That's yeah. good. Isn't that, isn't that's that funny. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. he all around a, a, a funny guy, real, you know, great comedic <clears throat> chops and a great comedic mind. But he learned the hard way that there are some uh, topics that are off limits for comedy, even even today. Um, oh, and, and he found out the hard way. You can't make a joke uh, that even references anything that could be a, a perceived as a national security threat. Um, he actually was oh. recently visited. Uh, uh, well, he was visited in the past year by the Secret Service. We want to have a long discussion with him about any political ideas he had, particularly any fringe ones. And they asked him specifically if they could see any manifestos he may have written. Oh, my gosh. Eventually, oh, from what? Goodness. So John Mulaney has hosted SNL twice recently, um, right. uh, but back in uh, February of last year, so about a year ago, um, February 29th of 2020, he was doing a bit and it was actually, it happened to be, it was February 29th. So it was a, it was a leap year yes. and he did a joke about how the history of leap year and how it was actually started by uh, Julius Caesar. And then he added this line, which is what got him in trouble in a visit from the Secret Service that he said was extremely uncomfortable. He said, and another thing that happened with Caesar, and I'll try to do it my John Mulaney sort of uh, delivery. And another thing that happened with Caesar is he was stabbed to death by a bunch of senators because he went crazy. That's pretty not bad, John Mulaney, right? <laughs> Yikes. Turns out the Secret Service did not find that funny at all. And and they they literally paid him a visit and they, they told him we are opening a file on you oh, and no. so the the oh, secret service man. is a file open on john
John Mulaney because of that Julius Caesar joke and any sort of, uh, you know, implications that it might have. Now, I went back and listened to uh, that that monologue, you know, Um, that is a fantastic monologue because it also has the bit about the real miracle that how dads don't have friends. They only have wives who have husbands, like who they occasionally <laughs> hang out with, and they're like, "Remember that one?" And I'll do my, I'll do it in the Malay. Remember that one time your dad went fishing? Well, remember that was just one time. He's got no friends. <laughs> the best miracle of Jesus was he actually had twelve friends, and he was a man in his thirties, and they went fishing all the time. And it was a really good joke. Uh, so an underappreciate. So if even the result of this is that people go back and watch his monologue, I think it's a positive thing. So I will the, say this, but they they were inferring based on the the monologue that he was saying the leader of the empire yeah. went crazy. Senators to fix the problem yeah. murdered the yeah. leader, implying without yeah. saying our leader has it, gone crazy. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. be paid a visit, so I'll let people unpack yeah, that. But I got that. Okay. I, I feel, but because I was like, he was just uh, teaching the hey, history of Julius yeah, Caesar. But, oh. I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and talk about this one, bro. Because you know, <laughs> yeah. anybody going to jail? I will, say, I will say this. I feel like the Secret Service is probably just some Secret Service person. that's like, hey, we heard this guy said this thing on SNL. You need to go pay him a visit. Figure out what's up. He's I a big Mulaney fan. Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> well, or Mulaney opens the door. Long live the president. And, and they're like, this guy. <laughs> this guy is the threat. He looks like a human ventriloquist doll like Long it's just true live the I'm, president <laughs> i'm just we i'm just not. saying john mulaney seems like the most unthreatening human uh, on the planet and, and i understand look i understand the secret service got a job to do you know probably not a bad call to go have a conversation with somebody but when they when john mulaney opens the door <laughs> like i said he looks like and this isn't me disparaging so, he wears he wears very fitted black suits and and most of the time looks like he could be a marionette dummy and he does not seem very threatening <laughs> okay but mr some secret the service most- i just want to let y'all know i don't know none of these people on here we just met today and that's that that is interesting though some of the people who are the like biggest threats they'd be looking have you ever seen those serial killers the bugs look like they wouldn't kill a fly he's just like who is this guy this dude looks like a a soccer teacher or a gym teacher you know what i mean like it's just like the the serial killer that something you know that picks up all the women like what he didn't look scary to them you look completely yeah, I normal. think that's the th- I think that's the thing because they're so unassuming. So once again, Secret Service. I don't know none of these folks. We just met. I don't even know how I got on this Zoom. You I know, know well. Saying? He writes <laughs> jokes for me. His name is Derek Miner. I'm John Mulaney. It is. It is interesting though. I mean, think about it though. He's on a national platform. Yeah. Kind Sheesh. of like implying that. A revolt should happen yeah. politically. You know, what I mean, I get it. I, I mean, yeah, they should not, check I'm not that even out. Bash, I, I'm not taking a side here. I'm just because, like, I, when I, you yeah. set it up originally, I was going. That seems like a reach. Yeah. Clearly, it's a comedy routine. But yeah, I'm right. actually going right. look at the content of what he was saying. And, and, and if you're I a secret service them, agent, yeah. you know. Yeah, I could see why they did that. Yeah. That's yeah. Sc- so. It's scary, though, man. Like, you just one day you're chilling at the crib. Next thing you know, you hear the doom, yeah. doom, 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 doom. Well, hey, who's uh, this me, at my let... door? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these sharply dressed men at my door? Let me I'll go answer you. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. All right. What do you have, Derek? Oh, okay. So um, I didn't. I thought you were gonna go to Jamie first. Okay, cool. Um, oh, I can do that. I can do that. No, no, no I'm to. good. I'm ready. Uh, right. Hey, so The Rock and Tyrese Gibson have 
stop their uh, feud over the Fast and Furious. So for those of you that don't know, um, after Paul Walker passed away, uh, Tyrese was frustrated that The Rock wanted to forge forward with the 30th Fast and the Furious movie. So if <laughs> <30. laughs> like Tyrese got into it, there was a meme where Tyrese is, you know, like, what more do you want from me? He was having a breakdown or whatever. And this is good. I think this is a good, you know, reconciliation story, especially because I honestly think that the rock would beat the brakes off of Tyrese. So I just don't think you want to feud with the rock. You know what, what I mean? What, what, what resolved it though? Um, I think they, just they're nine. older and wiser and, and, and love each other and I don't know. And, and they want to make that money. They're like, look, this franchise has gone so off the rails that there's no point because you know the next one is actually set in space. In okay. Space. <laughs> like, yeah. if there is not a car chase in space somehow, I will be very disappointed. Like, if it doesn't end with the rock, like, drive, you know, knocking a bad guy car, like of a henchman, just straight into the sun, directly into the sun, <laughs> I will be very disappointed. But I feel like they're just like, are we really fighting over? over a movie about uh, car thieves that go to space because I don't know any feuds worth this. Yeah, they literally you- said they just talked for four hours and then that was that. Like, that was it. So, like, hey, I they're, ain't mad. They're probably like, 2020 has been rough. Let's just be friends. Right. <laughs> like, yo, we gotta, we gotta <laughs> this cut this dumb. out. We gotta cut this out. This ain't worth it. So, I, I'm glad to hear about it. You know, he's, he's, uh, like both of those dudes, I, I like both of their, their personalities, their characters, and all that. And Fast and Furious, people love those movies. I haven't watched one since Fast and Furious 2, but people love them. So, I don't think I've seen three. one of them. Th- three uh, purists will say this is ridiculous, but three was my favorite. Tokyo that was Drift. a Tokyo Drift, yeah. right? All, I think that the, was the last the one I watched. Yeah, I think that was okay. the last one I watched. Yeah, but dude, I, I, it was my guilty pleasure franchise. Like it was everything that I'm not an action movie guy, but I love the the Fast and Furious ones. But then there was like I don't know if it was seven. It might have been seven. How many they went were over there? To Dubai. Oh, there's. But I think like seven, I mean, I was there opening night every time, opening yeah. night. I mean, the crowd's yelling, people are running around, whooping it up. I was excited. Yeah. It was fun, you know? And, and then I think seven, I went on a Sunday afternoon with a friend and they went to Dubai and there's these two mega skyscrapers and they jumped a car. They awesome. had a car somehow awesome. inside <laughs> one of the skyscrapers <laughs> and jumped it to the other skyscraper, like smashed through the window, landed it and whatever. And I'm just going, it's too okay, much, I'm man. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And much. so I left. I've only ever walked out of one movie. I left the oh, movie. You left went, the movie. I went swimming. It was a nice Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I just went swimming. I'm like, life's too short for this. This is crazy. It's too much. So, Side note, I y'all, haven't seen one since. I haven't seen. Side note, since. y'all, I just bought a beautiful 1982 Corvette. Oh, did you really? Okay, so you posted that, and yeah. I thought, is wow. he real that he bought that? Yes. Or is that okay? dude, I, I just congrats. bought it. it. It was it's so fly, yo. Like the guy was just trying to. He's like, yo, my father in law had this car. Uh, he's getting too old to drive it. We don't think he needs to be driving, you know, a Corvette at his age. So. We're trying to get rid of it, man. And it's beautiful. The engine just sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. 
I love it. So just, I, you know, maybe, look, Fast and the Furious. Holla at your boy. I know, you know, Tyrese ain't really been in them. I'm bald head. I'm black. I got a car. Holla at your boy. You feel me? You know, I'm ready to go and put some pipes on that thing. You feel me? Derek's like, I got a car. I'll just show you. I, 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 I can bring it. I'll show you. Hey, Derek, Derek, if you get in, let him know. Because I was I, I was riding my bike the other day, and I went through a parking lot, and there was a DeLorean there, okay? A stainless steel. It's the gold wing doors, everything. And I was yes. like, dude, that is, if I if I ever want to buy an exotic car, it's a thousand percent a DeLorean. Just Jesse, I they, drove a DeLorean. It's Every dope. major city has a DeLorean dealership, dude. You can just go look at them and get no one. I mean, really? They have, they, it's not, they're not rare anymore. You can just like look it up. So you can buy the original 80s ones yeah. that have been fixed up. And then they also have reissued and it looks identical, but it's got some modern electronics in it and stuff. Mm. So it's, you know, whatever. But like, yeah, dude, you, you can get a used one for 25 dude, to 35,000. Yeah. There you go. That's All right. Very what do you practical. have, Jamie? I mean, okay, this individual first... had a car seat in the, yeah, <laughs> you get a car seat in. Sorry, it? I was gonna say they're very, they th- this they are very practical vehicles because of the gold wing doors. Not a lot of back seat space, so this individual had a car seat in the front passenger seat. So Delorean owners are just they're <laughs> no. thinking outside the box type of people. I love it. Oh gosh, okay. The only I, y'all have never seen Fast and Furious, but the only movie I can think of is like is Baby Driver. Is it like Fast and Furious at all? Uh sort of. It, that's not a bad. That's not a bad like sort of analog for it. I've not seen Baby Driver. I don't know. Oh my gosh, it's so good. The name threw me. I was like, I don't get this. Oh, it's so good. He he always goes B A B Y, baby. That's uh, look. Clark's seen it because I see he's getting excited. It's so good. That movie is legit. So good. Like it's legit. Yes, I feel so proud right now that I've seen a movie that you guys have not seen. This is the first time this has ever happened since I've been on this show ever. Cameron, you haven't seen it either. I've seen it. It was filmed in Atlanta. Baby Driver. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. I'm looking at it right now. Did John you like Hamm's it? in Jamie it. Jamie Foxx is in it, bro. Jamie yeah. Foxx is in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. So oh, good. yeah, and that and that kid. The, yeah. they the named him Jake. Yeah, yeah. The name yeah. threw yeah. me yeah. off. I was like, yeah. I, I can't. I don't know what this. Derek, is. go watch it. Go watch it. Um, it's okay, good. so right. this is this is what I got for you guys. The first audio Bible voice entirely by women is here, and if you think about it, I would have never even thought that there was not an entire audio Bible voiced by women. But here's how it started. There is a woman named Ann White who leads an organization called Courage for Life. And she would do a lot of work in prisons and jails. And she would talk to the inmates about the Bible. But a lot of the women did not have a good experience listening to the audio Bible read by men because they had been abused. And so Mm -hmm. it would like bring back painful experiences when they would hear a man reading the Bible. So they looked and they looked and they looked for a Bible that was read just by women. They did not find one. They made their own. Way to go. Courage for Life Bible recorded by a group of 12 different women from diverse backgrounds. And so they have the New Testament completed last year. And I think they just completed the Old Testament and you can find it on an app. And it's so handy uh, for prisons to, on the inmates. They have tablets in there that they can check out and so they can listen to it. So first Bible read by all women. I'm proud of this. That's that, really cool. That I is know. really cool. I know. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Aloe Black joins us. Treats you, you, you. Always, always, always.
crashed and then I've never done I was really falling for you Faster than I've ever done I was really falling for you You're listening to Mato. The song is Overwhelmed. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Aloe Black is a singer, songwriter, rapper, producer from California. He's created hit songs like I Need a Dollar and Lift Your Spirit, which was produced in collaboration with uh, Pharrell Williams, who appeared on this show a couple weeks ago. Aloe's most recent album is called All Love Everything, and it dropped in October. We sat down with them to talk about how to create music that's radical in important ways and finding your identity through creativity. Here's a part of our conversation hold with Aloe Black. Tight, hold on. When you feel like crying, go on, let it out. Just remember, the sun is shining behind the clouds. It won't be long till your pain's gone. Just hold on tight to me. Hold on tight, hold on. Times of worry can get the best of us. Okay, so Aloe, as an artist uh, and a creator with a platform, do you think there's a way that art that you create can help uh, bridge the divides we're seeing in our nation? I do. I think that music is the vehicle for the message. If we can get more messengers into the mainstream, it would be great. Uh, the hard part right now is that a lot of the messengers in the mainstream are either neglecting the message or totally delivering the diametric opposite message, right? So we need to just increase the amount of people who recognize that spreading the word of, of compassion, of love, of togetherness, of connection is important because we are what we eat. And if that's what we're consuming on a daily basis, the ideologies, the thoughts, the beliefs, um, then we will become that. Uh, unfortunately, what's available to us right now isn't really that character building. This is interesting. You're uh, you're a father now. You're a dad. Have you thought about how you want to sort of counter program that culture in your own home as you raise your kids? Yeah, you know, part of it is limiting the the access to the media. It's teaching about how to use the media. It's teaching about how the media uses you. Like one of the things that uh, my wife uh, taught my daughter, not even really thinking about it, but she, she was driving to the store to get one thing. And she told my daughter, when we get to the store, I'm only going in to get this one thing. Don't let me get got. But that, what that means, you laugh because I think you understand what the slang means, but what it means is don't allow me don't allow the store to get me to buy anything else. And so for a young child, for a six or seven-year-old to understand that concept, to understand the concept of the, the sales war that's happening at the store to demand your attention, to get you to buy something that you didn't intend to buy, that's part of it. 
these little tiny trainings that, that are happening where, you know, my, my daughter now understands the concept of not getting God. And she understands when she's uh, succumbing to the pressures, you know, of, a, of an advertisement or something like that in a, in a magazine or on a billboard. Tell me a little about the origin story of your latest album. What sparked this project? When I'm putting together an album, I record everything and anything that comes to mind or in a session with others. At the end of recording about 40 or 50 songs, I decided on the 10 that would fill an album. I chose the theme of family and love and togetherness. And those are the songs I decided to put on this project. I didn't set out to write an, an album about family or about um, all the things that I love. But in the end, I felt like the message that I wanted to tell at this age, at this time in my life, and during this experience is this story of me being a father, me being a husband, and the relationships around me, like my family and friends, my parents, that kind of thing. And I say, oh, don't let go me. Don't ever leave. And yes, I know. Something I'm interested in about songwriting is, uh, like for you as a songwriter, these themes of family and togetherness, these are really big, weighty themes. Is it a challenge to package all of that within the confines of like a song? It would be hard if it wasn't fun. But because it's fun, I enjoy the, the challenge. I enjoy the difficulty. And it's part of the puzzle of linguistics that you know has intrigued me forever since i was really young working on writing rhymes as a nine-year-old making hip-hop music uh, recording when i was 15 and then moving on to understanding okay i can rock a stage and a crowd of you know sweaty teenage boys with hip-hop but can i make a grown woman cry with a lyric and a song and so tra- making the transition to um becoming a, sing- a singer-songwriter, a lyricist, using melody, um, you know, all of that is fun. And it is hard, but because it's, it's a fun challenge, I, I enjoy it. I'm going to read you a quote of yours here. Uh, you said, uh, rather than a genre, my music is about AIM, affirmation, inspiration, and motivation. How did this idea come around? Uh, how, does that, how does that play out in your music? Oh, wow. I, I think it came out of multiple interviews trying to describe what kind of music I make and then just trying to boil it, boiling it down to the songs that I'm best known for. I Need a Dollar, Wake Me Up, and The Man. Um, Wake Me Up is very much a song about inspiration. Um, it has hope and nostalgia as I think the most salient elements. A song like The Man is very motivational. It's a uh, Pick yourself, you pick yourself up from the bootstraps and achieve your goals. A song like "I Need a Dollar" is affirming. It's, um, it's in a way saying, "I've got a story to tell you. I'll trade you my story for whatever you have to offer me, but I'm going to make it out of this hole, you know, by hook or by crook. And if whatever whatever talent I have, I'm going to give it to you so that I can get to that next level." Till I die, I'm gonna do it my-
thing I really like about you, uh, I feel like you've done a really good job at resisting being put into a box and you've really created your own space. I don't know how intentional that's been, but it's pretty obvious to anybody who follows your career. I think it's just hard for me to pick a space. When I did, my career took off um, and I didn't pick it. So I was in, on an independent record label called Stone's Throw, mainly known for hip hop. I was signed as a vocalist, one of their very first. Um, I was making what I call future soul. So it was a mixture of hip hop and soul music um, and dance. That album was so disjointed in terms of genre and style that it didn't offer a very salient picture of who I am as an artist or a character that people could grab. So the general manager, his name was Egon at the time, told me, why don't you make a soul album, throwback soul, work with Truth and Soul out of New York, production team, and built this persona, this soul man persona, you know, like early 70s kind of throwback character. And that worked. It was succinct. It was very iconic. You could tell what it was and you could describe it in a couple of sentences. That moment catapulted my career. It got me into a place where I could have a little bit more freedom to, to then be genreless again. At the end of the day, the one concept that sits strongest in my heart is just being a great songwriter. Forget the artist, forget the character, forget the persona and performing and all that. If I can just write great songs and be known for the pen, I'll be happy with my career. When you create these personas, is it hard to stay grounded in who you are? Yeah, you have to create characters that are part of you. You just basically uh, embellish or magnify one aspect. In, in creating the soul character, I'm sort of magnifying the, the activist mindset because the kind of music that I'm most interested in from the 60s and 70s are, are the you know, political music and political artists. But yeah. I think it's important to only develop characters that are part of yourself. Otherwise, it's going to be very difficult to maintain. Last question uh, on your latest album. Were there any songs that were particularly rewarding or, or just had some creative hurdles you had to get over? Corner is probably the oldest song on the album. And to, <laughs> it was the first written and the last produced. Um, it started several years ago in a session with Matt Prime, um, who's a producer from England. And the song didn't have a home for all these years until I added it to this album. And at the end, when it needed to have its final bells and whistles produced, Matt Prime contracted COVID and was unavailable to work on it for a couple of weeks, which delayed, delayed the, uh, the delivery of that particular song. Um, so in terms of like real world logistical challenges, that would be one song, but in terms of uh, rewarding, um, I'd say a song like Harvard, which to me is one of the better songs that I've written in my career, um, along with uh, Sam Hollander, just gra grabbing a story out of, out of the ether and placing it on paper and creating a melody to make it something that it was salient, salient in a way that makes me feel emotional you know if i can write a song that makes me feel emotional every time I, every time i sing it then i know I've, I've got something special i'm just saying that i ain't been to harvard 
And I ain't got no big degree Everything I know I learned it on these bitter streets And I can't afford the good life But only real love comes for free And some days my head's up in the clouds But I'm allowed to dream That was Aloe Black. Make sure to check out his uh, newest album, All Love Everything, wherever you listen to music. saying to Chris Stapleton, the song is You Should Probably Leave. Heard that before. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you a question, and you guys sent us answers, and we are essentially ignoring them. Because <laughs> last night, last night, I just thought, it's been a while since we've switched it up, and we need to switch it up. Life's too short. You can't be routine all the time. So... You know, you can't just order one thing at a restaurant. You got to try out the menu a little bit. So I just wanted to do a little variety. We asked you to ask us anything. I, we call, I, I tweeted out and said, it's ask the cast anything holiday edition. But it doesn't have to be about holiday stuff. It's just it's December. That's why I called it that. So uh, you hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Here's some of the questions you sent our way, and I will lob them to the team. Uh, Kimberly... This is in no particular order. Kimberly uh, Vieira says, if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? One food. Mm. Oh, mine would be pasta, hands down. Because I, I think it would, it would be substance, pasta. You can just change it up, different sauce, different do meat, we still, pasta. Do we still have the uh, effects of what it would do to our body? <laughs> right, like, that's the question. <laughs> that, See, that's a big question. Like, is this no, real it's just life you get to indulge. Fantasy world? Indulge. Yeah. Fantasy. Pizza, for sure. Man. Pizza. Pizza, See, no question. No, hey, yeah, guys, burritos, sure. it's very diverse. You can, <laughs> you, they can be stuffed with eggs. They can be eaten for breakfast. Mm-hmm. You, you eat pizza true. for breakfast, no, and yeah. no one knows about this magical deal that you've made where it's the only thing you're eating. And there's nowhere to order pizza for breakfast. You yeah, don't you order can. a burrito. Yeah, cold yeah, pizza from the night before. Yeah, no, no, you can what? do the, the the breakfast pizza with the with the little uh the eggs on it and all that. You never had that before. Bre- breakfast pizza is a. I've red never flag had a breakfast. Me. pizza. It's a sign. It's a never sign a, a friend pizza? might be a couple weeks from an intervention. They're eating breakfast pizzas. <laughs> that's a red red flag. The reddest of red flags. That guy. Hey, that person's that's, that person's struggling right now. They're eating breakfast pizzas. You know. I don't know. I'm gonna send you a breakfast pizza, bruh. Uh, is Die Hard uh, this is from Emily Jackson uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie absolutely absolutely it it it, it takes place on Christmas Eve (laughs) I mean next question you can have explosions on Christmas I've never even seen it I've talked about this recently with somebody isn't it weird that that company has the Christmas party at Takanami Towers on Christmas yeah. Eve. What company has a what a Christmas? What company has a Christmas party Christmas Eve? Are all those people parents? Yeah, this is time to be with your family. Exactly. Yeah. This is a Christmas Eve Christmas party. I mean, it's pretty good for the plot, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of no, things. That's, that's, that's you got to be driven to work there, buddy. You got to be yeah. driven. You, you or you get your bonus on Christmas Eve and you got to show up to get it. Ah, still, that feels mm. manipulative. Family it is first. Very it, manipulative. That party should be December 11th. 
No later than the 16th. No later. Yeah. Bro, no this later is the, the 90s. Did nobody care about manipulation at the corporate level, bro? <laughs> this, this, this is some, this is some uh, you all some 2020 stuff, bro. That, yeah. that back I, then. I, I was going to say, it's not, the work. they're not the most ethical. It's not the most ethical corporation. Judging right. from the substance abuse <laughs> happening pretty openly among the executives from what I could tell, you know? But, <laughs> Uh, Oliver Black uh, is asked one specifically for Derek. And Derek, I ask you to answer this without spoilers. But he says, I want Derek's Mandalorian hot takes. Mm. Can you do it in a generic way, a general way? I really like it. But as my friend Prop said, the first of this season, first episodes are, hey, Mandalorian, I'm trying to get somewhere. The Mandalorian is trying to get somewhere and he says, Hey, can you help me? And that person says, Sure, but for a price. And then rinse and repeat. And they double cross him or whatever. So that, that I think that was the only thing early on in this season that kind of was frustrating. I like the Mandalorian, but I'm also a Star Wars fan. But just the first three episodes was just like, I'm tired of this dude getting double crossed. He got to be the dumbest Mandalorian in the world. Like, it's like, man, just shoot somebody, man. Like, take him out, though. Look, make him take you where you want to go you know what i mean so that's my take you feel me is is a mandalorian a thing a person y'all i've never seen this it's so not the Mandal- baby yoda right no no no. so a mandalorian is a <laughs> a race of people that's like a warrior race right okay so, and they came from star wars and they're in star wars so they oh, came boy. from star it wars it was boba, boba fett <laughs> in the first in the first couple of star Jamie, wars you know what i'm saying you, like listen forget you guys star wars is amazing <laughs> it's your loss because mandalorian is awesome and baby yoda is cute busters oh my goodness uh justin you'll probably have an answer to this one ryle james says what happened to eric metaxas uh well do you want the real story <laughs> i mean last i checked last i checked he was randomly assaulting people with different political ideas just outside the white house um in terms of what believe- brought him there um i, I would say it. it was a mix of toxic politics uh brooks brothers and uh, <laughs> i don't know i don't know great question wanting, wanting to be famous yeah, and, uh, yeah. Doing whatever du- it took it's to- called doubling down and uh <laughs> Uh, it doesn't always work. So, oh my goodness! Yeah. Never, if y'all don't know what we're talking about, don't look into it. Uh, let's see. Oh, Alex Garza asked: Has a stranger ever changed your life? Oh, that's a good question, stranger. Alex Garza. Hmm. I, I, I don't. Well, Jesse, at one point, your wife was a stranger to you. That's true. I That's mean, true. I guess yeah. I guess a lot of people were strangers at one point. So yeah. I've had a lot of life changing. You, you yeah. only knew your sure, mom. Why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, the doctor that delivered me. I mean, I didn't know that guy. You know, it's pretty life changing. I don't think that's what she wanted, but I think she'll have but- to accept that one. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I never had like a an encounter on the street where just some strange figure said, "In two years from now, you you know, like I that'd be cool." But uh, I'd be interested to see what the where this question stemmed from from this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what, what 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 happened here that led you to ask us this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chan says, uh, in all the craziness, what's been your favorite thing about twenty twenty? Finding good, like finding a diamond in the rubble. What's been your favorite thing about twenty twenty? This podcast, oh, 2020's hard. I just, I, yeah, for oh, real. I'm yeah. not lying. Like, I look forward to this every week. I oh, do too, yeah. Derek. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
Me too. Me too. I always say it's so fun. Like I, I, when I get done, I like walk back over to my house and Aaron's like, how was it? I was like, I just laughed the whole time. Like, I just feel like I just <laughs> laughed the whole time. So it brings, it brightens up my day. And, and, and real, real, Oh, go ahead, Cameron. Go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say not to be overly sentimental, but I mean, I think that just like the lifestyle adjustment that a lot of, you know, yeah. people were just kind of forced to embrace, you know, even if, even if people's professional lives hadn't changed and they're working from home or maybe work in the service industry or, or a healthcare worker or something, even, even if that's the case, a lot of people aren't making plans on the weekends or just laying low, kind of hanging with family and people that are sort of in close proximity to them. And I think, um, I think actually in a lot of ways that's been really hard, but there's certainly been really good parts about that is you just get to spend time with, with your family and reorient your life a little. And even if, even if things go back to, to how they were, I think some degree of reorientation, even if it's not positive for everybody, at least allows people to see things that they might've been taking for granted before. It's true. I agree with that, that, that the pace change has, cause I used to, my thing is like, I I have my son 50% of the time. And, and the 50% I didn't have him, my rhythm would be that I, that's when I traveled. So it's like, I, I was always going, I was, you know, like, and then like, oh, there's a magic game tonight. And oh, that, you know, we're doing church and then we're, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's all these things always happening. And now this year it all stopped and I'm spending a lot of quality time with my kid. Um, I've, you know, appreciated. I've gotten to do things at the house that I never had time to do before. You know, like I've read more I've you know, I've got margin that I didn't have. Like that's odd, <laughs> you know, yeah, like for yeah. sure. I say yeah, that with my kids sure. too. Like my oldest son is a junior. And so I have a year and a half left with him and I could just cry thinking about that, but he's doing online school right now. And so I see him like, I'll go over to the house after this and I'll see my son. So I just am seeing him a lot more knowing I have a year and a half and then he's leaving and I'm just going to cry. Yeah. I think all in all, like if we go back through 2020, there's a lot of bad stuff, but we're going to find some gems in there that this year is produced, you know, because I say the same thing. Like I toured so much throughout the years and just my knowing my kids can come down and just wake me up and I'm there, you know, they can just mm-hmm. come knock on the door, jump in the bed and be like, dad, dad, dad. Or, you know, just knowing on Saturdays is usually like I'm on the road on the weekends because that's when everybody's off. So that's yep. when I but so knowing that I can watch cartoons with my kids on Saturdays and, and, and sleep in and then we make breakfast and all that. That's been really cool. And that's going to be something I'm going to miss but it also has made me say, you know what? Maybe I might have been moving a little too fast. You know, I, I think I'm a lot of people are doing that. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I was running too fast. And, and even though life will come back to normal and open up and travel will be a thing and sports will be a thing. Like, I just I just don't know that I'm going to fully embrace it the way that I did. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and there's been a lot of op eds in recent weeks about how in some ways culture has permanently shifted. Like things aren't going to go back to exactly how they were, you know, like yeah. there's certain industries that are just changed now. Yeah. Like we, like they're doing the, the, the G12 sun summit, you know, or they're doing the huge economic annual meeting in Vienna every yeah. year. Right. In all the, you know, whatever they're doing it on zoom this year. And it's kind of like, Oh no, I'm sorry. It's the big climate summit. It's happening this week, big climate summit in Vienna. And it's like, people are flying in from all over the globe to a climate summit. That's a whole lot of carbon emissions. Right. And, stuff. and, but now they're doing it on, on zoom. Maybe, maybe it changes unnecessary travel and meetings. And maybe it like, yeah. uh, there's just things that like, maybe we don't have to 
go as hard as we used to, yeah. you know? Depending well, on the productivity of, you know, because, you know, people are working from home with Facebook, Microsoft. I mean, my record label, like we're all working from home. And I think depending on what the productivity was during this time is going to depend on how much things go back. You know, oh, I think uh, yeah. summits and things like that. I don't think the, I think people will want to meet in person for certain things. But I mean, some I of these jobs, man, woof, it's going to be yeah, I, Zoom forever. <laughs> I'm always I'm always looking at like, you know, business stuff and reading business papers. And I read a piece last week about the physical office, you know, mm-hmm. like when things open back up fully. Uh, you know, what are the major corporations and corporate leaders talking about as far as work environment now, right? And so what I read, which is fascinating, is that a lot of companies are going to probably embrace a permanent hybrid work model where mm. two to three days a week, they would gather at the office and then have the flexibility to work from home the other days. And so then the office will be oriented differently. And it's not all these cubicles and stuff, but it's about collaboration and gathering work as opposed and, and smaller footprint. Because yep. you don't that's need amazing. all these private offices. Right. And I'm going, that's what relevant's gonna do. Like yeah, that we need amazing. we do need a space. We do like Clark and I want to go to a studio to shoot things and yeah. create things, but like Let's have a hybrid model and let's gather mm-hmm. when we, when it's best and then yeah. work independently when it's best, you know? So yeah. I like that, but that's a way For that sure. it's going to permanently shift. Yeah, you know? I yeah. agree. All right. Last question. Here you go. Ben Stroop, our old friend, Ben, he says, what are some of the worst questions I can ask at family dinners this holiday season? <laughs> oh, Ben. What are some of the worst uh, questions? I mean, are you pregnant? <laughs> that, 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 that you want to you want to blow it up blow, that's the yeah. one you don't <laughs> ever ask that <laughs> so, yeah how about, how about this one so you guys hear about this whole Q thing you know just throw that out, just, just roll that out just roll that ball out, out down the table you know oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. I feel yeah. I feel like honestly you should just start with a list of questions that are safe because we can just like <laughs> anything like obviously anything like uh, political or or or, or finding just ignore it all together like let's just all do the peace offering this year and just Don't be like it. hey so what are you watching yeah. on Netflix like yeah. usually yeah. that's like the worst but now it's like okay please can we just please oh you watch that cool show about that dude decorating houses for Christmas too oh Mr. <laughs> Christmas cool look isn't this nice no one's like going at each other over tax policy right now or I, I like rubbing the cat's hair the wrong way sometimes oh, and like I just me. I just do and I just get I get this sick pleasure out of making things uncomfortable and we were at a nice family Thanksgiving dinner just lovely uh, you know th- four generations you know and, and <laughs> we were just talking about family things and local history thing, you know just whatever just totally nonchalant by the end of the dinner I was dying to just go so Trump lost you know, just like, just, yeah. just say it. Just say it. How do we all feel about it? You know, like, I just want to start with was, you, mom. Yeah. I just wanted to just blow it is, up. What I'm saying is I was bored and I wanted to just, let's, let's just get into it. We all know it's in the air. We all know it. We're dancing around it. Forget that. That's anyway. great. That's awful, but it's great. 
Man, I've, I, man, Christmas. Let's do it. Let's all do it. Let's make. Let's, let's, but you got to do it at the end. You got to do it after your let, nice let's day. Ruin, let's ruin. Let's ruin Christmas night slash Christmas morning. Okay, <laughs> let's let's target Christmas morning for this. Done. <laughs> first things first. First thing before we open our presents. What do we think about the election getting stolen from Trump? You know? <laughs> so listen, I want to jump in. I want everyone to do stockings next. But first, I want to talk. I got three words for you. Stop the steal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Round the horn here. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for your uh, Ask the Cast Anything Holiday Edition. Okay. Uh, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right. You know, usually at the at the end of the year, we'll ask you guys what are some of your New Year's resolutions, and we'll talk about that in our January show, right? Uh, well, we got only a few weeks until then, and three out of the four people on this show have no goals for 2021. <laughs> they have no New Year's resolutions. They, are, they don't know what they're going to do. That sounded no so bad, life. bro. That sounded awful. <laughs> and so we want to ask you for suggestions for Jesse, Derek, and Jamie. What should their New Year's resolutions be <laughs> this year? Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts, and you can also post on this episode post in the Relevant Magazine Instagram feed. Yeah, I, they're gonna help you. They'll come. They'll, they'll help yeah. you. Hey, appreciate nice. y'all. Nice. Appreciate y'all, man. For yeah. real. No, don't be nice. I want you. Well, savage. Be nice to me, I want please. Savage. <laughs> I want people to pretend I'm an innocent cyclist, and then hit me as hard with their truth as Eric Metaxas would do to someone who thinks politically different. <laughs> Bring it. Oh man, sucker man, punch me with truth. <laughs> Well, many thanks to Aloe Black for joining us today. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at Aloe Black, B-L-A-C-C. Also, a couple of housekeeping notes, like I told you on the last episode. Uh, we are hiring a couple of key positions here at Relevant. We are looking for somebody to head up our advertising sales and partnerships, our account executive position. Also, we are looking for a writer and social media creator as well. You can find out more about both of those positions and apply at RelevantMediaGroup.com. It's not the magazine site. It's relevantmediagroup.com. Also, make sure to check out our latest uh, editions of A Very Relevant Christmas, our uh, playlists over on Spotify. Go check them out. Have fun putting those together every year. A Very Relevant Christmas. Go check it out. And also, while you're checking things out, make sure to check out the current issue of Relevant, the November-December issue of Relevant. It's available online for free Thanks to UHSM. Uh, you can read the cover story with Matthew McConaughey. Also features with Letitia Wright, Social Club Misfits, Jen Hatmaker, Brooke Ligertwood. Uh, just it goes on and on. It's a great, great, great lineup. Go check it out. November, December issue of Relevant. It's available for free at relevantmagazine.com. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. All right. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you on Friday. for listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com
sharply dressed men at my door. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.